Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. (laughs) And welcome to our second episode while in quarantine. Hey, Jewel. (laughs) I honestly, this is crazy still. I know. Okay. So for anybody that missed our first episode this week, we are obviously doing this remotely. We're both recording from our own separate houses. We can't see each other. We're using the software that we found to be the best audio wise. We totally recognize it's not perfect. We have microphones coming, but we're really doing the best we can. (laughs) This is, this is going to have to do for now. I I feel like it's better than nothing. No, I, I think so too. Listen, I mean, if you're someone who listens regularly, you can obviously recognize it's not our usual quality, but we're doing the best we can. And uh, I mean, personally, I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. I mean, same. I'm sitting at home. What could be better? But yeah, it's uh, again, Julie is still in her basement. I am still on the floor of my mom's closet and uh, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> so the episode that we are doing today is something we've been wanting to do for a really long time. As you guys know, typically we do our regular episodes on Mondays and then our bonus episode on Wednesdays. And when we're in season with Keeping Up the Kardashians, we do a full episode recap. It doesn't come back until next week. So thankfully next week, next Friday is going to be our first this season, you know, Kardashian recap. But we wanted to go back to our roots this week for the bonus episode and we watched the first episode of the first season ever. It is a bug out to watch. It's like 23 minutes. You can get it on Amazon Amazon Prime Video. I highly recommend it. And we are about to recap, discuss. I mean, I, this is the most nostalgic I felt in a while. It was so weird watching it, right? Julie, it was, it was an out of body experience. We also both watched it literally this morning. Like we wanted to wait to watch it till right before we recorded, so that we were so fr- like super fresh on it. So. We finished it probably like an hour ago. Julie wrote a really, um, a really good outline, and <laughs> I don't know. Let's just let's just get into it, kid. Okay, let's give a little bit of background. So the first episode ever aired October fourteenth, two thousand seven. So almost thirteen years ago, 
And if you look online, the episode description is, quote, in the series premiere of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, meet Kim and her crazy clan as they try to plan their parents' 16th anniversary party. The first thing I want to say, I know we're going to get into like every single detail and I'm sure we both have a million thoughts, but something that struck me so much is I forgot, I guess, how much of the show when it started was centered around Kim. And like, yes, obviously she's still the most famous one, but it was her show. They were all kind of just playing it. They were, they were filler to be able to give Kim a show. Exactly. Exactly. There were actually times where we were following plot lines that didn't involve Kim in that first episode where I was like, it's so weird that they're showing Courtney and Chloe without Kim there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it really was kind of Kim's world and they're all just living in it. Whereas now we have episodes where we barely see Kim. I know it's not that frequent, but there are episodes that are solely focused around like Scott or- Right, you know, or just mom. Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- I just want to set, I really do recommend you guys watching this, but if you don't want to, this episode will do it justice. Let's first start by a breakdown of how old everyone was at the time. So Caitlin was 58, Chris was 51, Courtney 27, Kim was 26, Chloe was 22, Rob was 20, Kendall was 11, and Kylie was nine. Scott was 24. Like an 11-year-old and a nine-year-old Kendall and Kylie is probably one of the craziest things ever. And a 24-year-old Scott, quite frankly. So true. But there's just something about like Kendall and Kylie as little kids. Like we watched them grow up, like really grow up. We really, really did. Uh, Also, just a little bit of uh, background as to the show. I think most of you know this. I think we've discussed this in our Kris Jenner deep dive, which honestly is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Isn't it yours? Oh my God. Yeah. I love that episode. That was fun. Not as much as I love the Kanye deep dive, but it was a good episode. Yeah. So the way that this haul started was basically Chris kind of pitched it to Ryan Seacrest. She thought that her family, you know, was entertaining enough to have their own show. And Ryan had his own production company and he had just done the Osbournes, um, or sorry, he had just had, you know, the Osbournes in mind and he wanted to develop the idea a little bit more. So he hired a cameraman to visit the Kardashians home to film them just like having their normal Sunday barbecue. And this is a quote from Ryan. They were all together as crazy and as fun, as loving as they are. And he basically then, you know, said, share the footage with E. The show was picked up. And in August, 2007, it was announced that they would have, um, they would have their own show. It's, it was described as a non-scripted family sitcom being produced by Ryan Seacrest and Buna Murray Productions. Also, timing, this came only one week after Paris and Nicole announced that The Simple Life was ending. Like, talk about filling a void. Julie, what a fucking time for reality television. It really was. I know. You know, I forget how much reality TV existed before the Kardashians. Oh my God. It's because in my mind, it's like they, yeah, totally. Like I'm, for me, reality television is synonymous with the Kardashians. Right. Like the birth of reality television for me is synonymous with them, but it's so not the case. No, it's not at all. Um, Also, it just is a complete side note that I don't know if we said this on air last time, but there was a lot of speculation as to why the Kardashians was being switched from their Sunday night spot to Thursday night. And a report came out that said that they couldn't keep up with 90 Day Fiance. I have no idea if that's true, but if so, could you imagine being 90 Day Fiance? I'm honestly not that surprised by that. People are, you know, I've never watched. Me neither. I I have, but never, I've never caught, I've never catched up. Like I've never uh, caught up with it. People are like addicted to it. Chrissy Teigen loves it. Chrissy Teigen loves everything. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, in terms of their jobs at the time, Caitlin was a motivational speaker. Chris was a momager and she was also running Smooch with Courtney. Keep in mind, she was only Kim's manager at the time. Um, Kim, Chloe, and Courtney were you know, part of Dash and Kim also was a wardrobe stylist. So this first episode is basically you know, based around that they're throwing an anniversary for Chris and Caitlin. And also they are really in the thick of Kim's sex tape not not leaking because it leaked in 2002 and this was in 2007, but there being a lot of press about it. Like she's going on, you know, the tire show as, as we'll get into. But those are the two main storylines in addition to some stuff with Courtney and Scott, right? Exactly. Correct. To also give you a little context, Kim's sex tape was with Ray J, which I'm sure you all know. But at the time, they weren't together. Unclear if she was dating, dating Reggie Bush at the time or they had were about to start dating. Um, but they were all living in the old house in Calabasas and... That is kind of like everything you need to know, right? Right. Like the sex tape originally was made in 2002. This is takes place in 2007. So it was five years after it was made that it was leaked. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I don't know. My 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 remembrance of this was so blurry. Like I really needed to watch this to, to get me up to date. I forgot about it too. Like I forgot that that initial quote where Chris is like, when, her, when Kim's sex tape leaked, as her mom, I wanted to kill her. But as her manager, I forgot that that's happened in the very first episode. You know, it's funny because it's like looking back on this episode now, I really, I was trying so hard. Like I had two lenses going. On one hand, I was like watching this as someone who's kept up with them for 17 seasons being like, this is the best. Oh my God, I wish you guys could see, see what's about to happen. And on the other hand, I was like, I want to try to watch this with fresh eyes as if it's 2007, I'm watching it for the first time. And like, I really think even knowing nothing about them, I would be so interested. I would be like, this is reality television. I was trying to do that too, but it's so difficult. It's so difficult hearing them talk, knowing what we know. Oh my God. Every time they say something, I'm like, you don't even fucking know what's about to happen. Yeah. No, you don't even know. Yeah. Okay. So the first ever scene is Kim's going to the fridge to get something to eat. And Courtney's like, don't you have a photo shoot tomorrow? Stop eating. And Chris whispers, I think she's got a little junk in the trunk. It like jiggles. And Chloe's like, mom, she's always had an ass. That, that would never fly today. It's not even that it wouldn't fly. It was just like, do you remember a time where like Kim's ass wasn't the center of who they are? Right? <laughs> like, they, they, in the first episode, they discover she has an ass. <laughs> I know that's kind of how I felt, but also Chris and I was getting arrested in the first episode. Like you couldn't have paid for that. They just discovered Kim as an ass. You could not have paid for that. Yep. You could not have paid for that. I also, the, the way that I felt about it though, was um, like, think about, okay. Think about if that were to happen in current day, right? Like not to, not to sound like so politically correct here, but that's basically just body shaming. That's literally exactly what it is. Right. Oh, totally. Imagine the shit that they would get to in today's day and age. Yeah, of course. Although I feel like they have a lot of things on par with that still. They do. They do. I guess just in the way they said it. Yeah. Um. So they give like their little housewives intro lines and Kim introduces herself first. And Chloe's like, my sisters say I'm a little bit of a bitch, but I always have their best interests at heart. Julie do Courtney. Courtney goes, I'm the oldest and the most mature. Like that is such a shitty intro. <laughs> Chris goes, I'm Chris Jenner. I'm the mom and Kim's manager. Say what you want, but I know what's best for my kids and my husband. And Caitlin goes, I'm Bruce Jenner and I'm a pushover for my family. Also, Chris intros Kendall and Kylie and kind of weird, but Rob doesn't even get mentioned in the intro. No, Rob doesn't even get mentioned in the episode until like the last scene. 
but you know something that made me like, okay, tell me if you're, if you're on my same wavelength on this. Obviously knowing what we know now with in terms of Rob's trajectory and everything that happened to him, it's kind of like he, it, it makes it seem like he made a really concerted effort to get himself out of the spotlight, which he did. But watching this, it made me realize like, wait, the show was never, he was never a main character to start off with. Like he became one, but he wasn't in the beginning. Right. Like also weird though, because you would have thought that E would have been like, okay, here's a show that a lot of teenage girls are going to be watching. Let's blow the fuck up out of this Rob character. Yeah. I mean, you know, so hot then. Like, you know, he oh my God. Uh, Julie, an 09 Rob Kardashian. I know this was 07, but like an 09 Rob Kardashian. Come on. No, there's nothing like it. You know, that was my thing for a while there in high school. He was like my person, my hall pass. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I think he was every, I mean, there was nothing like Rob Kardashian. Oh, Cause he had that swag to him. He like had sisters. You, you got the feeling that he was caring and understood what a woman wants. He was the only guy I ever liked that wore an earring. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Um, so Kim's like with six kids and two parents, we're the modern day Brady Bunch with a kick. There's a lot of baggage that comes with us, but it's like Louis Vuitton baggage. You always want it. Oh my God. I have to say, and I notice this a lot more towards the end of the episode because there's one specific part, but they really Paris Hilton her. They really Paris Hilton her. Like beyond so. I just, I just, yeah. There's one part that I can't wait to get into. Uh, Julie, I can't wait to get into the whole thing. I can't believe we couldn't watch this together, but I'm also so excited. No, I like watching it separately because we have separate notes. And also it's so frustrating when we watch together because I want to talk about it and you won't let me. Yeah, that's true. Now when I watch it, I have no option but to like keep it in until we record. I know. I feel like I feel like I've won. <laughs> so Chris comes in to tell Kim that Tyra Banks fucking guys, guys, you realize we're at the age when Tyra Banks has a talk show. Just like keep that in mind. So Chris comes in to tell Kim that Tyra Banks wants her to come on her show. And Kim is like in utter disbelief. Like you would have thought at the time that Tyra Banks was like the Ellen DeGeneres show. Like it's so hard to watch this. It's so hard to watch this knowing that Kim does these talk shows like left and right, like 10 a day, like it's nothing. Because at this time going on Tyra was the biggest deal. Well, this is first TV appearance. Yeah, like what? I cannot believe we had cameras for that. Also, you know what's so funny about it? Like Chris walks in, like Tyra Banks asked for you to come on the show as if Chris hadn't been on the phone. Like, please let her on the show. She'll talk about the sex tape. She'll do whatever you want. Yes, exactly, exactly. She was like, but the thing about Chris that I like, you have to respect her for is that she owns it. Like she totally knows that she, that like business kind of comes first and she's like, doesn't, at least she owns it. So nobody can really say anything about it. Yeah. In 07, Chris Jenner, like, I know we talk about Scott's character development a lot, but let's talk about Chris's character development. Julie? It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. She, you know, here's the thing about her. She was always smart. She was always sharp, but the level of class that she like portrays now just wasn't there. And it's not a money thing. It is not a money thing. I'm not like money and class are not synonymous and that's not what I'm saying. But like, she just, I guess it just comes with the, like the respect of what she's built. And at this point she was not there yet. And it just, it like, right. I think also they really play up her lack of class. Like she grew up in like 
not grew up, but once she was married to Robert, like she was living in a gated community in Beverly Hills with all of his really upper class friends. Like they kind of make her seem in this first episode, like she woke up rich one day or she woke up, like, you know what I mean? In this life one day. And it's so not the case. Like they really played that up on the show too. I agree. The way they make the show seem is as if like Kim is the only one in the family that like has any sort of career or money or anything like that. And the rest of them are kind of like following in her footsteps and she's providing for them. Well, in all honesty, at the time, with the exception of Caitlin, who was probably the biggest money, like the real moneymaker at the time, that was the case. But the sibling, yeah, for the siblings, but not for Chris and Caitlin. No, no, I know. Yeah, Chris seem like she woke up one day with Kim's money. Yeah, but that's always been, see, that's the thing that's always been lost on Caitlin. Like whether or not you like her, she had a really successful career as like a motivational speaker, et cetera, and like still does. And that was never, ever amplified enough. Yeah. Or amplified enough the way that Chris transformed Caitlin's career. Yeah. Like that was two of them. No, it was. So Chris comes in. I also have to say watching this episode after having read um, Chris's book was like really I really like, I'm so glad I had that knowledge. And again, I, even if you don't want to read the book, just listen to our Chris Jenner deep dive. Cause it'll give you guys so much more context when you're like doing anything Kardashian. Don't you think? Yeah, totally. So she comes in and she's like, there's just one little catch. You'd have to talk about the tape. And you know, Kim is kind of like dealing with that. I, I wanted to, we put in a little bit of background about the tape because it's so long ago that I don't know if people remember. So it's really speculated still to this day about how the tape was leaked. And there's always kind of been rumors that Kim or Chris were the ones that had distributed it. Obviously, it's something that they really denied. I still don't think that's the case, but people, of course, are going to say that. So in March of 2017, Huffington Post wrote an article entitled, What You Don't Know About Kim Kardashian's Sex Tape Leak. I want to read a couple of excerpts from it just because like, I don't know. Listen, guys, we're going back 13 years. We got to get us all on the same page, right? Exactly. I miss you. I'm so upset that I can't. What do you think the next time we're going to see each other is? Like, I really don't, like, honestly, I don't think it's going to be for a month. No, I don't think it's going to be for a month. Are you nervous? I'm not nervous. I just like, I don't think we've, I don't even think we understand the, like, extent of this yet, you know? Well, I just meant like for you not to see me. Oh, no, because we can hang. Listen, (laughs) we have each other like constantly. It's Isabel that I'm concerned about, but she's been better on her phone, so it's fine. (laughs) so I'm reading this okay quote Kim Kardashian superstar is the most most watched x-rated video of all time and it's that kind of success that makes it difficult for people to believe that Kardashian or her mother Kris Jenner had no role in leaking it Kardashian has always maintained that no one in her family was involved in the leak herself included in fact she initially sued to prevent Vivid from releasing the tape but there have always been naysayers a biography about the family released last year Kardashian Dynasty Go so far as to claim that Vivid never would have announced its plans to release the tape unless they knew Kardashian would give her consent once they came to terms on a price. Author Ian Halpern further claims that Kardashian's lawsuit was, quote, nothing more than an attempt to portray herself as a victim of an unscrupulous, is that how you say it? Unscrupulous thief or Ray J himself. Now, thanks to Page Six, who spoke to major players of the era, we have a much clearer idea of what exactly went on. So, Steve Hirsch, who is the Vivid Entertainment CEO, maintains that a third party brought the sex tape to Vivid. Hirsch explained to Page Six that he decided to pursue the tape not because Kardashian was a celebrity, but because of all the people she was connected to. His statements directly oppose Halpern's accusations that Kardashian was in on it from the beginning. 
quote, the next step was trying to get a deal done. She wasn't involved in that. It was trying to get a deal done with the people who had the footage. They had guaranteed that we would be able to distribute it. I questioned that, that as time went on. I think we announced we had the footage and that's when we started getting legal letters from Kim's attorney. I just want to go on record and say 0%, and I don't care, like people I'm sure would disagree with this, I, 0% part of me thinks that they leaked it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I truly don't, listen, I think looking back, they're probably like happy about it because look at what it did, but I, I truly, 0% part of me thinks they had anything to do with leaking it. I, I agree. I think it was also what's so interesting when they talk about it is that it's all about Kim and them leaking it because of Kim and them wanting it to go viral because of Kim. Like, what about Ray J? Ray J was the famous one at the time. Right, exactly. But that's like, that's kind of my thing of like, this is such a weird thing to say, but I feel like you're going to know what I mean. The person who, I guess it's Steve Hirsch, Vivid, like, Talk about someone who knew a talent when he saw it. Like, she wasn't famous. I mean, he says it's because of the people that she was connected to. But, like, he must have seen something in that tape and knew, like, this was going to blow up. Like, I don't think him making that tape with Ray J five years before it was ever, like, leaked knew how much of, like, you know, a, quote, like, cinematic hit in the eyes of porn watchers this would be. I really don't think so. You're so right. Right? Because you got to take a gamble sometimes. You got to take a gamble, and that's what he did. And four gambles, no? Oh my god, what a line! Like it, it's such a—it really is like such a violation, and it was so traumatizing to her. I think looking back, obviously, she'd be happy for it because of what it created. But like, it's just such a—it's just crazy. I don't know. And yes, for anybody asking, of course, we've seen it. <laughs> obviously, obviously. I think I it's weird if you have it. I'm telling you, the first like when I was in watching him sex tape is like watching Shawshank. Like you just have to do it. I mean, listen, you, yeah, you got to do it. I, I, uh, she like, t- t- when we were at camp and stuff, that was like the person, it was like when you were first learning how to give head, it was like, oh, well, did you watch Kim Kardashian sex tape? Like she's okay. really good with her hands. Of yeah, course. Like, Everyone watched that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, it was an educational tool, quite frankly, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Taught me more than school ever did. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So Courtney and Kim are role-playing what she's going to say on Tyra. And Courtney's like, why did you make a sex tape? And Kim's like, because I was horny and I felt like it. (laughs) I love her. Um, Courtney and Scott are on a date and like, 
this is a really, let's talk about Scott's, uh, and you guys know, if you've been listening, we are big time Scott Disick enthusiasts. And this was not a Scott that I vibed with. No, but it wasn't a Scott that Courtney, Courtney was like, I've never seen him. Like he was like so douchey. They're at dinner and they're on this, their date. And Scott like has Courtney's phone for some reason, which was weird. And Courtney's like, can I have my phone? And he's like, no. And she's like, what? Give me my phone. And he's like, no, no. You think somebody called you? And he like looks at, he's like, see, no missed calls. No one wants to talk to you. And she's like, just give me my phone. And he was like, no, you give me so much shit for being on my phone. You can't have yours. And I was like, Scott, stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. I think he was just nervous about being on TV for the first time. Do you or do you think that's what he was like? No, I think he was like, I think he was playing himself up for being on TV. Like he wanted to like, I think he was a douche in general at the time. But I think that he wanted to like play up this like character that he had, this like Long Island douchebag character that he had. This conversation was very reminiscent of uh, Jeannie and Damien, was it not? Yeah, it was like all of a sudden he changed. And she, she was like, when they went to Dash the next day to discuss it, like when she went to tell Chloe about it, she was like, I was shocked. I was appalled, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and Chloe, Chloe describes Dash as, because they go to Dash for like the conversation, and Chloe's like, Dash is an upscale women's boutique. I just, lo- I don't know. There's just something about her. Uh, I lost it at that too. I don't know why. I just died. So this part was so funny. Chloe, they're, you know, they're talking about Scott acting weird and, and Chloe's like, yeah, I mean, that's why I was texting you for, for his birth time. You know, he's, it all made sense. He's a Gemini. I lost my mind. First of all, they were so ahead of their times. So ahead of their times. I felt like my astrologer was just like praising. I, I, that, let, the Kardashians talking about Zodiac signs is something I personally do not get sick of. Because it also doesn't happen often. It doesn't, but also like the way that they said he's a Gemini is if like, of course he's a Gemini. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course. As somebody speaking on behalf of myself, who is like not that into astrology or like doesn't know much. The only one that I feel like everyone's like, oh, is Gemini. I know you say it's Scorpio, but it's not. It's Gemini. Well, the whole idea with Scorpio is, I mean, the whole idea with Gemini or like the, you know, quote, like astrological stereotypes that they have two different sides to their personality. So like, it would make sense that Scott on a dime flipped. Whereas Scorpio are just like super, super intense. Not necessarily in a bad way. Well, you know who we also always talk about being a Gemini? Who? Kanye. Oh, yes. Like that makes so much sense. So much sense. So Scott comes into the store and he's like grabbing Courtney's ass. He's saying hi. I have to say, like they were very touchy this episode. Very. But I couldn't have had less of, like I loved every second of it. It was just like so funny watching him come in and grab Courtney's ass of it, like as if it was like, and Chris is like a little bit uncomfortable, but she's not even. Oh no, it was like run of the mill. It was, uh, to me, it seemed like business as usual. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how it felt like to me, you know? Right. So Chris is in her confessional and she's like, I have serious doubts about Scott because I found out he's cheating on Courtney. And as her mom, I want to tell her, but I don't know how. And I literally was like, dun dun. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh my God, stop scripting the confessionals. Julie, it's the best thing I've ever seen. Talk about cinematic genius. You're right. Right? No, 100%. Like, Chris, that's not how you would normally handle this. Of course not. So the side, you know, as there's like three different narratives going on here. And the one is the anniversary party. So they go into the wine shop. It's Courtney and Chris go into the wine shop to get, 
uh, wine for their party. And the entire wine store literally has like two reds and and two whites for her to try. This is the thing though. This is the part where I was like, why are you making Chris seem like this? Like she walks into the wine store. They're like, uh, yeah, we just have two whites and two reds. I'm like, first of all, you're a wine store. And then (laughs) they're like going about what to try. And they like say the name of the wine. And Chris is like, so confused. Like she's never heard about this wine as if like up until this moment, it had been boxed wine on tap for Chris Jenner. Like never once had she experienced wine from the bottle. And they're like, it's the name of the grapes. And she's like, Oh, well, I'm like, Chris knows wine. No, but Julie, I so know what you mean. I was shocked as to like, the difference in that different the difference that thirteen years makes is quite frankly unbelievable because now I mean fucking Belvedere is about ready to name their brand after her. Meanwhile, she she was like she was shocked that grapes had any sort of correlation with the name of the wine. But that's you know? the thing. Like, there's no way that happened. She had how many years of business dinners that she went to with Robert? How many years of hosting parties with him that she just found out the name of the grapes? It, yeah, maybe you're right. I think that that was like a way to play up the character. That all their characters were played up a little. Yeah. So. Everyone's at the party, at this anniversary party at their house, which by the way, it's in the old Calabasas Ranch. And goddamn, you were right, Julie. See, I saw your note. Seeing that range over parked outside that Calabasas Ranch, it just made me feel good inside. It feels right. Like it feels like for one second that I was watching that and I saw the Range Rover outside the old house, I was like, there's no coronavirus. Everything is right in the world. Yes, everything is right in the world. So they get there and Courtney and Chris are like kind of drunk and you know, we see a lot of guests. We don't get to see everyone, but some of the recognizable faces were Heather McDonald, Robin Anton, who, as you guys know, started the Pussycat Dolls and is a very close friend of the family, the Cranes family, <laughs> no, aka Todd Cranes, uh, Brittany Gasno, who we see later on, who used to be one of Kim's best friends. And they're all kind of mingling. I mean, this was, listen, this was way before Mindy Weiss was in the picture, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, this is way before Sharon Sachs was in the picture. <laughs> yeah, that, like, we're talking, this was a backyard party. Like, not, not like how Kylie does it nowadays. Right. This is this is a whole other ballgame. There were no Jeff Lethem flowers here. There was no photo booth. We're talking no like flowers. Yeah. No. I don't know flowers at all. Yeah. There was. I mean, it was. Looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, you guys were so normal once. Right. It's so weird. So Kim got a stripper pole for Chris and Caitlin as their anniversary gift, which like looking back is just such a funny thing. Like we didn't even blink an eye at the time. But like when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's like kind of weird. You know what is funny? It's not even like I, I remember thinking it was funny at the time. But looking back now, I'm like, I can't believe Kim was the one that got that gift and it wasn't Chloe. So true, Julie. Or, I mean, obviously at the time, Kylie wouldn't have gotten it. But like if that was happening now, it's something like Kylie and Chloe would have gotten together. Or honestly, Chloe and Scott. Yes, Chloe and Scott. So true. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. 
is fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Also, one of the most iconic parts of the episode is Kylie is on the poll. And like, I have to say, we should have known, and we kind of did know, but I guess we just weren't thinking in these terms. When you look back on these episodes, the difference in personality between Kylie and Kendall, and I don't mean that at all as a negative to Kendall, I just mean she's she's much more like kind of timid, is so, like we should have known how much of a boss bitch Kylie was about to be because she's so extroverted and was so like comfortable with herself at such an early age. And it's just like crazy watching her. It is wild. Also, she's nine. She went on that stride. Like, I hate saying it because she was literally nine. I actually can't believe they put that on TV. Right? Because she's so, like, dancing on the shirt poles if she's been doing it her whole life. And I cannot even, like, today that would not have happened. It just wouldn't have. Like, she's so comfortable. I remember that was the craziest thing ever. You know, it's crazy because what happened with Kylie, I feel like, is like, you know, Growing up for like a long time, she was so, so, so comfortable. And then once it hit that like, you know, um, the more superficial aspects, like, you know, the lip stuff. And she started to realize that like, she didn't feel like she looked the same as Kendall. And she was more focused on the superficial aspects of beauty. That's when she wasn't so comfortable with herself. It kind of like took a dip and maybe it's come back now, but it was, you know what I mean? Like those years, those formative years when, you know, your looks start to matter in terms of like, the world and you feel like you're getting judged. And, and, and before, when you're a kid, like this age, it was, she was just having fun being a kid. And that's when the shift came when like looks became more in her mind into it. Yeah. I so agree. I also think it's funny watching Kendall. Like Kendall seems more com- like she's a little bit more timid than Kylie, but she's also like their little partners in crime. Like they're running around together. They're so funny. She like, but she almost absorbs Kylie's personality instead of the other way around. It's so true. And I, that's, I think, why we love seeing them together in these episodes now, because it's like, we miss this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole party, Chloe and Scott are just so touchy. I personally loved it. Um, Chloe gives, or Courtney and Scott, Chloe gives her speech and she's like, I would just like to say, thank God you had a vasectomy a couple of years ago to Caitlin, which like, that was honestly, the where I was like, oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, just you fucking wait. Um, Chris is talking to Scott and she's asking him, you know, how she feel, how he feels about, Courtney and his age difference. And he's like, are you trying to push me onto Kylie or Kendall? (laughs) What the fuck? That was such a Scott line though. Like that was so funny. Such a Scott line. And Chris kind of expresses her concerns that like, you know, she says, he says he's in love with Courtney and, or he like, Scott says like, no, I really am in love with Courtney. And he kind of calls her over and Chris is like, no, 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 no. Because we all know that Chris in the back of her mind wants to confront Scott about the cheating rumors, but she like doesn't know how to do it. She, she couldn't have gone about it in a worse way. And now it's just like uncomfortable. So now it's Courtney, Scott, Rob, Chris. She got herself into this fucked up situation and we're just sitting there like, oh my God. 
Did you see, did you notice this? There's a really weird part with the editing, which I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but they're all talking and then it like, like zooms in on Scott and he's like, listen, I hope you're watching me because I would never do anything to disrespect your daughter. And then it cuts to Chris going, I'm watching you. Oh. Like they did it out of order. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Like that's fucking funny. Oh, well, when he said that, I was just like, Scott, take back those words because you don't even know you're about to bring another girl to Costa Rica. Oh my God. You know? What happens so much later in life though? He doesn't even know. He was such a douche here. The Long Island jumped out of him. Jumped. So, you know, Kendall and Kylie are just like doing, being bartenders, uh, like the whole thing, there was just, it was a free for all in this house. Kim is inside talking to Chloe saying that she really does, you know, she doesn't want to talk about the tape. She's so nervous, et cetera. So the party's over and people are just really upset. I think with Chris for butting into Cordy's personal life because she's being so weird about the relationship. She's not saying what it is. So finally she says, she comes to clean. She tells the rest of the siblings that like Cece's friend's daughter, you know, was seeing Scott and Kim is appalled that Chris did not share this information sooner, right? Right, appalled. So it's so funny because they do like a complete 180 of what they're saying. Like Kim's like, don't butt into her personal life. And then Chris's like, okay, but I think Scott's cheating. Kim's like, how are you not butting into her personal life? Yeah, it, it was It was just, the whole thing was just ridiculous. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. So we're now in New York for Kim's big Tyra Banks appearance. And she brings Brittany Gassineau, her friend, instead of Chris, which like, it was kind of bizarre that Chris wasn't there, wasn't it? It was really weird. That was my first thought. I was like, what? First of all, to this, first of all, she was just starting out as her momager. You know what I mean? Like this is her first TV appearance ever. Now, like, Chris doesn't even, like, Kim doesn't go on Ellen without Chris being there. And she's not going to come for her first TV appearance. Something must have been going on that just wasn't explained to us. But she went with Brittany Gastineau, who, as you guys know, like, if you've been watching The Kardashians since the beginning, she is a socialite model. She's kind of, you know, partially famous or, like, fame adjacent for being friends with the family. She's the daughter of former Jets player Mark Gastineau and Lisa Gastineau. Lisa's one of Kim's, Chris's friends. She's also a jewelry designer. Britney had a show with her mom, Lisa, called Gas to No Girls in 2005 on E. I have to be honest, I loved it. You know what's funny? Remember how Courtney was on that reality show before Keeping Up with the Kardashians that was like Cattle Girls? Yeah. And it was like them on a ranch. It was produced by Joe Simpson. Britney Gas now was on that too. Oh. 
That's that's an interesting fun fact. That makes sense, actually. So Kim and Brittany, like, we don't know exactly what happened there, but the reports are that they stopped kind of being such good friends in 2011 when Brittany wasn't so much a fan of fan of Chris Humphrey. She kind of expressed concerns to Kim. Kim didn't take it well. I have no idea if this is true. This is just what's reported. Seems like they're fine now. Um, I know Brittany was on Courtney's birthday trip in 2017, and they're supportive of her new ventures and art dealer, dealer. I don't really know. It's kind of just like a side note, but I've always been interested in her, so... Well, remember there was that time that it was like one of the first times that Scott, Courtney, and Sophia were all seen together at the art show. That was Brittany's show. Yeah. Oh, look at her getting us that content. Look at her getting us the Sophia Scott content. Right? Good for Mm -hmm. you, Britt. Thanks, girl. Here's what I like to see. So they're in New York. Kim's trying on all these different outfits for Tyra. It is out of a... When you... All I could think about watching this is like comparing it to her closet now. And it's just like, girl, you will never be living out of a suitcase again. Like I can't... It is... Listen, I recognize they were always starting out from privilege. That's not lost on me. I get that where they were living was not, you know, at all. It's not like they were starting from the bottom. I totally understand that. But comparatively, comparatively speaking, it's, uh, it's just crazy. It's like there's wealth and then there's wealth. And watching her trying those outfits, like she didn't have her stylist there. She was totally, you know, she's like, oh, maybe I'll just take them all. Like it is just, it's another world. It's really weird watching. It was just like, truly that part most of anything was an out-of-body experience it was like girl let me tell you something in a couple of years terry mugler's personal alteration team is going to be sewing you into your dress for the met gala because you are going to be like the guest of honor right like that is so fucking weird like you're going to be the cover of vogue for the met gala it's wild oh my god i wish i could tell her like it's like torturing me that i can't tell a 2007 kim kardashian what's gonna happen to her I was screaming through the phone. I know. So, you know, she goes on Tyra. Tyra asks her a couple of questions, but overall it's kind of handled fine. Um, she, they get back to Calabasas and Chris decides to sit Courtney down and tell her. And she's like, listen, you know, I just want to tell you this news. And, and Courtney's like, mom, I obviously know this. We weren't exclusive at the time. Like me and my boyfriend communicate. And she's like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I have to apologize to Scott. Like it was, it could not have been a more... Like build up for nothing. You know what's funny is I didn't remember this, but I remember it now that like when I was watching, I wasn't invested in them yet. Like, but I remember feeling so relieved that he didn't cheat on her. Like I remember being like, oh my God, I knew he wouldn't do that to her. Well, because I didn't want my entire view of Scott to be damaged from episode one. Like we would have been starting out real low if that was the case. Meanwhile, we had all this time to grow with him. You know, if we found out episode one, he's a cheater. It's like, listen, then my whole view of you is kind of fucked up for the seasons to come. (laughs) And yeah, we still stuck with him through the other stuff. So maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe. Um, So, you know, after Tyra, Kim is like, oh, I'm so relieved that I'll never have to talk about it again. And I was just like, (laughs) oh, well, God. Yes, you will, darling. Yes, you will. And, you know, they, they, before they leave New York, Kim and Brittany go to Jacob and Company, which Jacob and Co. was like such a, such an 08. I mean, listen, he's still, you know, a very reputable jeweler, but that was like such an 08 flex. Yes. You know, it was kind of, it was like, you think of celebrity at that time. You think of like Kitson. Jacob and Co, like, you know, Paris Hilton at Fred Siegel. Like those are the, you know, that's like what you think about. Paris Hilton at Fred Siegel is all I think about. 
right? And they do this very kind of like Paris and Nicole sequence of Kim shopping, trying on a million dollar ring, like saying, oh, that's not too bad. Would it be pathetic if I bought it for myself? Just like super flashy. It was just like- was the moment. This was the moment where I was like, okay, hold on. Like Kim could not have bought herself that million dollar ring. Yeah. She couldn't have it. It literally would never have happened. Like they made it seem like she was at the peak of her career and that the whole family was just like falling behind. Like Kim could not have afforded that ring if she took out a second mortgage on the Calabasas house at the time. No, for sure she couldn't. But like, why was everybody, you know, I, okay, I'm going to make a crazy claim. Do you think any of that reason that they were doing that was because they know that people were missing the glitz and glam that was the simple life. I know not in the actual episodes, but like that came with Paris and Nicole. I think that they were trying to make him as Paris like as possible. And I think that they knew how well the simple life did. And I think they knew how well people connected to Paris Hilton. And I also think that they needed a star for the show. Like they needed one Northern light that the show could follow or Northern star that the show could follow. And that had to be Kim. So they had to make it or like make her up as much as possible. And at the time we didn't think anything of it, but looking back on it now, we're like, are you kidding? It's well, cause we didn't have anything to compare it to. Right. But now like we, we know it's so funny. When you said North star, I thought about Charles every yeah. single time I say North star, I think I immediately think of Charles. Um, but yeah, it, it really was wild. So the episode kind of ends with they're having this nice family dinner. They're talking about Tyra Banks, how Kim handled herself so well. All is well. You know, Courtney and Scott are good. Chris and Caitlin are good. Everything's happy. But it was just, I finished that episode and I was like, wow. I, I always wanted to be like, Julie, should we do an entire series of just recapping the first season? Because that was one of the most fun I've ever had, like just watching it. I think we could. And you know what my thought was when I finished watching? I finished watching and I was like, putting myself back in like a 2007 mindset, I was like, this show was never supposed to be what it became. Mm -mm. It was Mm -mm. never, ever. It was supposed to be this show, the way that it was like probably should have followed the same trajectory as like gas and girls. Like it probably should have been like a one season. Let's follow this family and see what happens. Flop. And thank God it wasn't. Thank God. It's weird to think about though. I was having, it was real. It's a bug out watching that. It really is. Yeah. It's beyond. It's the craziest thing. It really, really is. Um, but anyway, I just, what we're going to do, we're going to, so starting next week, the Kardashians come back and we'll do our regular, you know, recap episodes where we go scene by scene. Julie basically transcribes the episodes. It's like the best thing ever. I can't wait for that to happen, but we can sneak these in every now and then because I had so much fun. Yeah, I totally think. I mean, if people like them, I'm more than happy to sneak these in. I thought this was so great. Me too. Also, you guys know we usually do two episodes a week and I don't, I can't, I don't want to say it because I don't know if it's true, but we're going to try to do a third one this week. Can't tell you if it's going to happen. If not, we'll try to do it next week, but there's just been a lot of requests. We posted a story box yesterday and people had a lot of interesting requests. So we're working on an episode. I don't know if it'll happen, but I hope it goes up just because I know people are really bored and looking for something to take their minds off of it. And if we can be there, in as much way, in any way as we can, we would love to, right? Yes, even if the audio quality is this. <laughs> I know, but people, I feel like our follow, I feel like they get it. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, if I was bored, right, which I am a lot of the time during this quarantine period, and somebody gave me something to do and the audio wasn't perfect, I think I'd be okay with it. I think I'd be okay with it too. I really do. Um, but we're getting microphones, so hopefully that'll help. You know, this all happened so fast. We were going to go in and get the kits and then, like, that option wasn't a thing because we weren't even together. So 
doing the best we can. We love you guys. We are, we got a lot of really, really nice DMs saying like, so grateful for you guys during this time. You take my mind off of it. I just want to let you know how kind of reciprocal that is because we are so grateful that we get to do this um, because it definitely takes our minds off of it. And we love you. We love this community. We wish everybody stay safe, stay inside if you can. And uh, we'll see you either later this week or next week, Rachel. Yes. And if you're feeling so generous, you want to spread the positivity, please write us a nice review or rate us five stars. It makes such a difference for us. We so appreciate it. I know we don't self-promote as much as we like should, but we do, this little, we do this little plug at the end and hopefully it helps. So that's all. Love you guys. Stay safe. And we'll see you later this week or next. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.